Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Monday Memo. Hope you had fantastic weekends and like always, looking forward to the week ahead. And thinking about the week ahead, I've been receiving a lot of emails into my inbox lately around ESG training and how to understand it and benefit from it and so on. And I'm seeing it more and more everywhere, particularly even in the conversation I'm having with people and when we have folks on the show as well, whether on air or off air. I mean, we've been talking about ESG for the last, I think, at least four years and maybe tied that in with the UN's SDG Sustainable Development Goals. But for those of you who are unaware of ESG, it stands for Environmental, Social and Governance. And it's being increasingly used as an approach to evaluate companies and countries based on their alignment with these three key factors. Now, when we started talking about this on the show in the early days, the concept itself sounds really harmless. In fact, it's really noble because most people want to do good. We don't want to wreck or create a, an unpleasant environment for our communities. And I've actually seen it start creeping into a lot more decisions being made in our organizations. Decisions that a lot of you listening in have to evaluate with your organizations on a daily basis. But as I said, I'm hearing more NGOs or non-governmental organizations, governments, investment funds, allocating their capital, their money, even rewarding companies and countries for following such ESG goals. I remember us having a conversation with the uh, ex-CFO the World Bank. This was being used and has been used for the last number of years as a way of allocating funds. But the thing is when we're following these ESG goals and putting these as the priority, we are therefore relegating the role of optimizing profits and positive net present value projects or decisions, which in theory, well up until the economic understanding as I grew up with it, was if we've got the price signals from well-functioning markets, i.e. those that haven't been distorted by government interference or with massive inflationary amounts of capital from quantitative easing, which is what we've seen over the last couple of decades, is still meant to be the most optimal way of allocating capital and deciding on the best decisions for our organisations and countries. It's that profit-seeking behaviour guided by Adam Smith's invisible hand that should have already developed mechanisms through which beneficial social and environmental outcomes may arise and therefore derive the maximum public interest but maybe not governmental interest which is why i'm a bit nervous that we're seeing the emergence of wolves appearing in sheep's clothing hence the title for this week's monday memo so let's follow with that so look given that esg is now being picked up by these large investment funds like blackrock vanguard governments and ngos there's now this whole new set of incentives being introduced, driving this ESG agenda, trying to usurp this invisible hand mechanism that's been guiding us. So now such decisions are at risk of becoming arbitrary, opaque, essentially a centralised planning mechanism, which then opens room for corruption, misallocation of society's scarce resources, and actually undoing or destroying the progress that most of us have made on this planet over these past hundreds of years and industrial revolutions that we've had. And as I've been thinking about the increasing inflation, the responses our governments have made to pandemics, how our healthcare systems are overburdened, how it's very hard for folks to get onto the property ladder, the mental and physical challenges that people are having. Seem to be a lot more sick people around at the moment, physically and mentally. You can't help but feel there's some sort of systematic change taking place. 
And indeed, as I started researching for this Monday memo a bit further, we can now see the emergence of these scoring systems for ESG that are being used to grade and evaluate companies and countries and ultimately being used to decide their ability to access capital. I've heard of small businesses in the Netherlands unable to get investment, say, for their farms or their shops because they're not using the right technology, the most energy efficient one in the bank's all-knowing mind, or they're doing things that are contrary to where the government would like to take the country. However, what does it mean for finance professionals and what do we need to be keeping an eye out for? Well, if we place too much emphasis on the ESG standards, we might ultimately start seeing the consolidation into the capital of the hands of the few, the people who are deciding what the scoring mechanism is. And we might also start seeing about the rapid destruction of wealth on countrywide scales. If you look recently at Sri Lanka, who had an ESG score of 98.1, I believe, ahead of its recent collapse. The reason how the Sri Lankan government were able to get to such a high score was they forced their farmers to switch from chemical fertilizers, which use natural gas to generate hydrogen, which is a highly energy intensive process. So they forced the farmers to switch from that to organic fertilizers in early 2021 and that mandate reduced crop yields and has led to less food resulting in Sri Lanka depleting its foreign currency reserves from nearly 8 billion dollars to about 50 million roughly a 99% decrease in order to import more food and now Sri Lanka's 81 billion dollars in debt food prices have gone stratospheric its citizens are hungry and angry. We're seeing governments in the Netherlands, Canada, even where I live in Ireland, uh, announcing similar plans to cut emissions of nitrogen and carbon by 2030 by reducing livestock and fossil fuel type power plants, increasing food and energy insecurity globally. So again, ESG is really well-meaning, or was in the early days anyway, but I'm concerned it might have been hijacked by some wolves in sheep's clothing. With the unintended consequence, if we're sleepwalking into it, a finance professional succumbing to these pressures of ESGs when we make our decisions, putting our organisations and our countries at risk of perhaps no longer prospering, perhaps crumbling, rather than finance being the rising tide to lift all ships when it comes to making better decisions, I'm worried actually ESG is going to help sink all those ships. So what's the advice really? What can we do? I guess it's just to remain vigilant that our decisions still have some basis in reality of positive NPV decision making, but also remembering to it's important to bring in the consideration of ESG impacts. Like I imagine most of us have been doing. I don't see how a project can be positive NPV if there's no environment or community left to operate in. We certainly shouldn't be beholden to ESG in our decision making or ESG scores. And that's why we bring on guest mentor to strengthen the number show to share with each other how we're navigating these very interesting times, particularly from the inflationary aspects, from the societal impacts, from the decision-making, and how we're figuring our way through getting that right balance between positive NPV, but also making sure that we're mindful of our environment, society, and government's regulations, and so on. And we'll keep continuing to do that. So look, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, Please remember to share it with your friends and colleagues on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify and Amazon Music. And until next time, stay safe, take care of yourselves and let's keep on building our strength in the numbers. Bye.